25-yard line. We are back for another week of fantasy football talk. I am your host, Steve Johnson here. I've got Grant Freeman here with me. What up, what up? Grant, another week of fantasy football. We made it through the Bimageddon. How good does it feel? How good does it feel (laughs) to, to just reinsert so many good players back into your starting lineup? It, it feels really quite wonderful. Um, the fact that I now don't have to worry about guys like uh, like Adam Thielen, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, like, like it was Lamb. It was uh-huh. it was really it was really uh, really surprising um, that I managed to get a win in a league this week where I was missing like. F- four out of my top six mm-hmm. players <laughs> nice yeah i uh i managed to pull one of those off but you know what i had more of this past weekend was happened to uh i happened to play a number of teams that did not have a lot of players on by yep. and uh there were there, you know i won in a few leagues that, that felt really good i unfortunately lost to you in uh. one league alvin Kamara managed to get me within one point, one point. but not quite all the way and then but, uh, J- so actually you want to know what's really funny about that is that uh Jameis Winston managed to get me a win in two leagues because nice. in our league he refused to look at Kamara within the goal line on the last drive on the last it drive nothing but Kamara all all night until the yep. second half of the last drive and then didn't even look at him when he was wide open a couple um, times but then because he played so well, he got me a, a one point win in a different league because he was my starting quarterback. Because Dak Prescott was uh was my uh is my normal starting quarterback, which is a crazy sentence that Jameis Winston for the Saints was your starting quarterback in fantasy. <laughs> well, coming up today on the show, we are talking about the the South divisions, the Southern yep. divisions. We're continuing our divisional breakdown that we started last week. If you didn't listen to that episode. Go check it out when we went up to the north with our conversation. But this week we are looking at the south. We are going to do a team-by-team breakdown of who's fantasy relevant, who isn't, and what you need to know about each team in the NFL. But before we get there, let's look at our standout players of yep. the week. Is where Grant now will highlight a player hey, from the previous week's action. I'm sorry. We've got oh, some pretty Oh, you're big right, news man. We have some through. news. I just, you know... You know, I'm uh, I'm rolling. Always keeping it professional. This week, I'm I'm questionable at best right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I was hoping we could do standout player of the week first, but Grant wants to do news, so I guess we're gonna talk about some news. Uh, so Alan Lazard, in addition to Devonte Adams, are on the COVID list and will be yep. missing tonight's game. By the time you hear this episode, this game is likely already in yep. progress or over. We're recording this just before the game starts. But Alan Lazard, out. Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams are out. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is also still not available. So the Packers offense is in. Tatters, what does this mean for tonight's game? I mean, what you're excited for is that it may lead to Aaron Jones being much more in use tonight. Um, yeah, especially get, with the news, he might get like fifty-five touches. Yeah, um, especially with the news that JJ Watt is probably is is out and going he's to be done potentially yeah. for the year. Um, but so you're excited for that aspect. As for Rogers, I think his value comes down because it's 
a rookie, a couple of no-name guys elevated from the practice squad, and then big Bob Tunyon. So mm-hmm. you're, you're yep. not really excited about that outlook mm-hmm. for Rodgers. I think he'll still manage to make this a game, but I don't think you're going to get as much fantasy production from him yep. as you normally would. 100%. Can I can I tell you something crazy that I'm doing? Do I I picked up the Cardinals defense in a league and I'm starting them tonight. Yep. I'm doing that with uh with my defense as well in a in a league. Yep. I I'm doing so with the understanding that there's a chance I could get burned Correct. because the if this means they give the ball to Aaron Jones more, you and I are in agreement. Aaron Jones is really good yeah. at football. So there's a chance this is fine, but I just feel like the Cardinals defense has been so good this year mm-hmm. that they're going to be honed in on Aaron Jones. There's not a lot of receivers that are going to be out there that you're super no. worried about having in a bunch of single coverage. So it, it feels to me like this could be a game where they're able to just stack the box against Aaron Jones. And Rodgers is going to do what Rodgers is going to do. He's still going to score some touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I saw a great tweet from uh, one of the fantasy footballers earlier today just saying, Something along the lines of public service announcement, you are not required to start Aaron Rodgers tonight. And I think that's a great sentiment that this yeah. is, this could be really bad for him just because he doesn't have anyone to throw to. If you look at the receivers that they have that are going to be going tonight, you're going to have Randall Cobb, Equin, Equinemius St. Equinemius Brown. Brown. Did you know that that is uh, it's a brother to Amon Ross St. Brown? I think yes. it's his brother. Yeah. Um, Malik Taylor and Amari Rodgers. Yeah, so you're not you're not excited about any of those. Um, I mean, Re- Cobb's probably going to be the guy that gets the most targets, I would guess. Maybe yeah. St. Brown, but uh, you're not you're not excited about this. Nope. This this is Aaron Jones's game, and what nope. because Matt Lafleur is all about maintaining health for Aaron Jones and not letting him touch the ball too much, yep. because that would be terrifying to let him touch the ball too much. This could be an AJ Dillon game as well. So walk me through what's going on with the New York Giants next. A lot of injuries still there. Yep. So obviously the big three, Saquon, uh, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney, um, all missed last week. And even Sterling Shepard missed last week as well with a hamstring injury. Um, As well as Saquon Barkley still out. Yep. Um, So it's from all the reports currently coming out of Giants camp, is that all three players this week remain questionable at best. Um, If you were in a spot where one of these guys has come available, I think, and you can use a roster spot, I think they're great pickups for the remainder of the season. I actually was able to find Kadarius Toney available in the league. Yeah, he's Uh, out there in a lot of leagues. That surprised me. I mean, I guess... His season has been so yeah. boomer bust that I guess it's not that surprising, but he could have a lot of value going forward. Yeah, Especially, his better games were were towards the end of yep. uh, of the games before this break, and and especially too if the the Giants continue to have wide receiver questions with Galladay and Shepard, if Kadarius Tony can come back and be healthy, it's going to leave him a ton of a ton of opportunity for yep. the rest of the season. Yep, they don't have a phenomenal i mean yeah. they they have the chiefs defense this week which is a pretty good matchup surprisingly wide receivers have yep. not done as well against their defenses pretty much every other position on the field yep. which has been fine against them 
but I'm I'm overall likely avoiding this entire. Uh, is there a single giant you're starting this week? Even I think, though they I have think, a good matchup, I think there's the the only one that I'm maybe starting is Devonte Booker. Devonte Booker was their starting running back this last week and made mm-hmm. a was able to be very productive and have a fantasy. Whoa, whoa! A, very productive is an overstatement for three point six yards a carry. He was a he was a passable backup. But if you are looking for points, he got you about ten points, which is yeah. exactly what I needed in the league because he fell into the end zone. But that's what you're gonna get with the Giants' offense at this moment is somebody falling into the end zone. Yeah, that's true. And against the KC defense, it could happen. All right, so likely likely staying away from most of those guys. Devontae Booker, if you're in a pinch, but I can't imagine you're in a pinch with with we'll, we'll get to bye weeks in a minute. You're probably not lose. There's one yep. team in your league that's losing like their RB three this week. <laughs> so if you are a Josh Jacobs owner and you didn't plan for this, then yeah. maybe Devontae Booker, but I'm not seeing a situation where you desperately nope. need Booker. Miles Sanders questionable as well talk me through the eagles running back situation yep we saw him leave early from that game against the raiders this last week with an ankle injury um all the reports from eagles camp is that he is questionable at best hasn't yet to practice this week and even nick sirianni continues to say that he is he is more most most doubtful to play this weekend um so if you are looking the elsewhere. most doubtful yeah um so you really you really have to be this is where i think gainwell becomes an interesting mm-hmm. play so that's what, think, that was going to be my next question for you you're looking at boston scott versus kenneth gainwell who who are you taking last season I, scott was the the breakout runner behind sanders the clear i think the way year, that year, that gainwell has I think the way that Gainwell, Gainwell has continued to be used in the passing game mm-hmm. and the success that he's had there makes him way more likely to be the guy that they look towards with Miles Sanders out. Yep, I agree. I think Gainwell will probably get first crack on the ground, yep. but in passing situations, they will be looking to Gainwell. Did I say Gainwell on the ground? Yep, I meant Scott. Did. Scott on the ground. Gainwell looks to be their passing down guy they're playing detroit which is a great matchup so looking to kenneth gainwell this week another major injury that is not new but is worth an update antonio brown tell me about what's going on there yep he's got an ankle injury that's affecting his heel um last he was seen was using a crutch to try and keep weight off of that um realistically the Buccaneers are not expecting him to play this week, which mm-hmm. if you are a Chris Godwin, Mike Evans owner um, is a really good outlook for you because Antonio Brown thus far has been a consistent wide receiver with Brady. That's been eating into target share for those two guys. Mm-hmm. And this is leaving, it's leaving a good share of targets and touchdowns up for grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Evans being the key beneficiary of that yep. this last week. Yep, I am comfortable starting either of those receivers. I don't know. There's a lot more to say. You're not nope. starting Antonio Brown because that's likely not an option. He nope. he has not officially been ruled out, but is uh, he's not playing. <laughs> he's yep. he's doubtful. It's yep. 
it's not going to happen. So look at look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. So this one is is not worth a bunch of discussion, but is worth mentioning that David Montgomery is officially eligible to be removed from the IR. And the Bears have chosen not to do so, showing that he's not yet healthy enough to play. They called this a four to five week injury originally. That would rule him out, you know, that he would be back next week or the following. We'll see. We'll be following that. In the meantime, though, Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Khalil Herbert has been solid. Yep. And has has jumped past Damian Williams on the depth chart. So are you comfortable starting Khalil Herbert this week, even with Damian Williams healthy and putting in a full week of practice? I would. I mean, the Niners can't. The Niners' defense is in shambles. And Mm -hmm. we saw last week that if you can get the run going, like, they can't stop it. So Khalil Herbert also number three in rushing yards over the last three weeks behind only Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. He has officially chiseled himself a role in that offense. Yep, exactly. So I think you're, if you're a Khalil Herbert owner, um, I think this is a perfect opportunity to run with him until David Montgomery comes back. So this is, this is an important discussion to have here because Khalil Herbert has been very good. He's in your starting lineup as long as David Montgomery's out. Is he a sell high right now, or do you expect him to have continued value once David Montgomery comes back? I think it's a sell high right now because the way that the Bears and Matt Nagy keep talking is that it's David Montgomery's job when he returns, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense. Montgomery looks great. Yeah. So the I, I think in terms of the NFL, they could have a really cool like one-two punch type type thing going when he comes back i don't think yeah. david montgomery comes back and gets 90 percent of the touches i don't oh, think he comes sure back no. off the bat so clear herbert should still have some value i wonder if this turns into more of a committee type approach yeah. which is one reason i'd be comfortable selling david montgomery i don't know what you're going to get yeah. for him right now while he's hurt with the emergence of Khalil herbert but i i do have concerns as a bears fan I am stoked beyond belief because when David <laughs> Montgomery comes back, if we can, if we can just run the ball that effectively with two Let's guys see. that are playing that well, Justin yep. Fields doesn't have to have any pressure on him. The nope. passing game, maybe we get some life in our offense, but wait, you actually want your offense to score points. I mean, a few of them would be nice. A few <laughs> of them. At least we have a really stinking good kicker, you know? That's true. Well, let's move on to one more significant piece of news. Austin Eckler added to the injury report heading up to this week's action. What can you tell me about Austin Eckler and the Los Angeles Chargers backfield? Yeah, he was a late addition with a hip injury, dealing with a hip injury. Um, You never like to see guys added to the injury report on a Thursday because that does not bode mm-hmm. well for the rest of the week. Where I think it gets interesting is that I believe that Justin Jackson is the guy that gets the most benefit from this as the next guy up ahead of Kalen Balaj. 
in the long in the grand scheme of things. Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree. I'm not starting any of these guys. Are you are you looking at him? I don't know that there's gonna be one guy. I think I think Justin Jackson is more likely to be the guy than the other guys. Yeah, I mean, so what? What if you start him? What are what are you expecting out of him? I mean, you're going up against New England this week, which has played against the run. It's just has played against the run very well so far this year. So uh-huh. you're, I'm not expecting a lot, but I'm expecting to him to at least be serviceable. If you're in a pinch trying to find somebody to fill in for Eckler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm not starting any of them. I just don't know what you're going to get. Officially on the Chargers website, you have Justin Jackson listed next in line. If you go to the ESPN depth charts, Joshua Kelly is next in line. So obviously you trust the Chargers over you trust that. If you look at at projections right now, Kelly is projected to outscore Jackson. I'm just not. I don't know that there's a good feel for what's going on in this backfield out there. I I don't I don't even know that one of them is going to have enough value. Yeah. I don't I don't want to start either of them. Maybe Larry Roundtree ends up being the guy. Yeah, right. Um but yeah, this is where we were talking about it last week. This is where we knew that uh that the 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 fantasy football gods would 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 shine favor upon us for only so long. Chargers have the one o'clock game. So you may be having to make sure that you make moves early on in the day. Yep. yep. I would I would make a plan for I would make a plan to not play him. Yep. You know, one I mean he's probably not available in a lot of leagues. There's there's not a lot of good options out there. Definitely plan maybe even bench him just with Eckler's injury history you need to be reading practice reports so yeah. closely and if the if things don't trend up then i'm not comfortable even throwing eckler in there yeah you said it earlier late additions to the injury report are never a good thing i would be very concerned throwing austin eckler out there well speaking of bye weeks this is one of the better bye weeks Yep. No bye week is a good bye week because you're still missing players. Yep. But Baltimore and Las Vegas are the only teams on bye this week. So you're out Lamar Jackson, you're out Marquise Brown. You probably we not told you last it in. week. We told you last week to try and avoid the uh the fantasy nightmare black hole that is hole. their their backfield. Yep. Yeah, Mark Andrews, there are some good tight ends out yeah. this week in in both Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. Maybe you're but missing Darren Josh Waller. Jacobs. Darren Waller was a late was a game day scratch last week, which yep. you're actually like hopeful that you're actually kind of excited for because you probably already made some sort of coordinated plan originally. Hopefully, I sure hope so. So not too much, but just be aware those players are on by. So plan accordingly. All right, can we move on to standout player of the week now? I think so. Once again, this is the point where Grant and I will highlight a player from the previous week's action who went above and beyond their projection. 
who went above and beyond their ability, who dominated the gridiron. My standout player this week is, <laughs> I, I feel like, could be the standout player every week for one of us. Yeah. This is not his first appearance in this segment, but give me Cooper Cup, the number yeah. one wide receiver in fantasy, having his best game of the season. Yeah. 10 receptions on 13 targets, 156 yards and two touchdowns for a total of 37.6 fantasy points in standard PPR scoring. He is what Devonte Adams was last season and it's scary. Yeah. How good he is. The in points per game, Cooper Cup is Six points, five and a half points ahead of the next closest wide receiver, which would be Debo Samuel in terms of a point per game basis. He's just been lighting it up every week. And this was his best game of the season so far. I will not be surprised if it's not his best game. His fourth game, fourth game this season, if you're doing the math, that's over half of the games that he's played with over 30 fantasy points. Yep. This season is just fantastic. If he keeps going on this pace, there is it it's like a Madden game, you know? Oh, it totally you know is. When you play a franchise in, in Madden and you break every wide receiving record with one of your receivers at the end yeah. of the year and it it's like not even close. I I remember one year in, in, you know one season in a Madden game. I I want to say I had a receiver catch for like 2800 receiving yards because the game didn't figure out how to stop uh, a simple streak route with a with a good receiver that had a, <laughs> had good release and so every drive you just throw it to them and they get like 300 receiving yards a game that's cooper cup this year yep if you drafted him he i don't see any way when we do our fantasy awards show at the end of the year i don't see a world where cooper cup doesn't win mvp from us yeah because the value you draft you drafted him to be a low end wide receiver to yep. to a flex play and he has not only been a wide receiver one but been the wide receiver one that is so much further ahead of every other wide receiver absolute insanity hey, can, can we take a moment to appreciate uh Matt Stafford that all Matt Stafford's ever needed was good quality wide receivers <laughs> and a play caller and a play and, caller <laughs> like oh man he <laughs> stafford was always that guy that you're like he's probably a pretty good quarterback right he throws, <laughs> he throws for a lot of yards he's probably pretty good he just, just loses so many games why does he lose so many games <laughs> here's why all right grant give me your standout player of the week um so i've got you you had your opportunity last week to uh gripe and moan uh i'm gonna gripe him on this week with my stand-up mm. player of the week okay. can i tell you one of the worst decisions i made this piece this preseason Ooh, was it agreeing with me about how good brandon Ayuk is gonna be <laughs> uh that was part one of them but it was not the most egregious one um i somehow decided that Devonte smith was gonna be a better uh fantasy football producer as a rookie than jamar chase <laughs> You wouldn't know how that's worked out for me. Uh, not well. No, not um, well. If you if you would do a side by side comparison of just how bad my uh my decision was, um, 
Jamar Chase has yet to have a week under 13 fantasy points. Correct. Devonta Smith has yet to have a week more than a two-week stretch where he scores more than five fantasy points. <laughs> and this was a dynasty league. And so I... Uh, your, de- your decision sticks with you from year to year. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, really uh, really wish that you and I hadn't been so tough on uh, Jamar Chase and his uh, inability to patch casts catch passes in the uh, preseason because he cannot not catch a pass in the regular season yeah (laughs) his 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 worst stat line of the year so far two catches for 54 yards and a touchdown against my chicago bears which still netted him 13 fantasy points that's his worst game this year devonta smith scored 3.6 points in that same week i hate everything Averaging 20.9 fantasy points a game, the number three wide receiver in fantasy. The guy <laughs> he's, only had two weeks. he's only had two weeks where he did score a touchdown. <laughs> Jamar no hands chase. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he gets the Jets this week. He's going to have so much fun this week. <laughs> Oh, if you're a Jamar Chase owner, go buy yourself a, a fine wine yep. and crack it open for this weekend. Can he be, you know, later in the show, can can we nominate him as a Sunday superstar? Not not because we think people aren't starting him, but just just for that he might he might be the first receiver in NFL history to catch for five hundred yards in a game. Yeah, right. He's he's uh he's he's come close. He had 200 yards this last week against Baltimore. <laughs> I don't know what world you're living in where 200 is close to 500, but I mean, in Sorry, relative terms, in math. relative terms, how often do we see somebody with 200 Still yards? Still, a lot of yards. <laughs> now, in a league where Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are both playing football, it's probably going to be a lot more often. <laughs> Well, his, let's move on his, from that because his average target is right around like twenty-two yards. Yeah, he's he's good at football, man. He's good at football. Let's move on from that, but so you don't uh, you don't have to wallow in right. your uh, in your misery for too long. You'll be reminded of this for the rest of Jamar Chase's career. Yep. So let's move on to our main topic today. We are looking at the Southern divisions. Let's start with the NFC. Grant, why don't you walk us through the NFC South? Yeah, so we're going to start with the Falcons. For the most part, the Falcons are pretty easy of guys who you're going to be working with. Matt Ryan, realistically, you may start him in a pinch, but he's not going to be consistent enough for you to really, really feel comfortable. As for the running backs, we... The way that the Falcons talked was that it was going to be Mike Davis's job, but it's now turned into Cordell Patterson's job with Mike Davis maybe getting you a point here or there. Um, as for that run game, I'm probably avoiding it the rest of the season because both of them. Well, Patterson, I think, is more is going to be more helpful for you, but I don't think I trust him as a whole. I think I think you're crazy on that one. I think I think none of us want Patterson to be very good, 
for the rest of the season because he was another one of the steals of the year. Like I don't want to admit that he's he's an RB, you know, high, low end RB one, high end RB two. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything to disprove it. True. Week two on fourteen point one is his worst game. He's got two games, two games under fifteen points this season. There's what has he done? What has happened this season to make you not trust Cordero Patterson going forward? That sound is exactly the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's not necessarily that I don't trust Cordell Patterson. I just don't trust the Falcons. All right. So realistically, where do you see him ending the season? Because we're going to we're going to bet on this. I want you need to put your money where your mouth is. You're saying you don't trust him going forward. I mean, he's he's the eighth best eighth eighth best running back. Yeah, he will not. He will likely not end the season exactly there. But how how much further is he going to fall? I don't think hedge your bets here. Give me your honest answer. You can't go from like you can't trust him going forward to being like oh, I think he'll finish at fourteen. I think he falls out of the top twenty. That's insane. I am going to give you two. I'm going to give you two positions on that, <laughs> and I'm going to say he will finish the the end of the season. Um, I'm not even going to hedge for injury here, which I may be jinxing myself there and do a point per game bet the way I did last season. I'm just going to say end of season, he will be a top 18 running back. Let's put it on the board. All right, there we go. I've got, I've got him. I'm going to type this in while you continue talking about the Falcons. That, that's crazy. He's done nothing to he's done nothing to indicate that that could be the case. Again, he's he's the guy that hasn't been great in the past. Yep. So we don't like want to admit that he's great. We spent enough years thinking, "Wow, Cordell Patterson's so good at football. It's going to translate to fantasy success," and it never did. So it's I think it's hard to trust it now. But we've got to we've got to trust he's in a new offense, and this this offense has established that this is what Cordell Patterson looks like in our offense, and it's fine. They're a bad team. You know what bad yeah. teams do late in games? Throw the ball to their dang running back. Yep. All right, keep walking us through the Falcons. Um, as for the wide receivers, it's Calvin Ridley is the top guy. Russell Gage is a guy that I think you and I both like a lot. Um, and used to. Can we well, make another Russell Gage bet? Actually, no. Um, coming back from the injury, did have a very a very good game this past week. Um, in his first game back from the ankle injury, obviously the the injury history with him is where you're worried. But I think that there's enough there's enough passing in this offense to be to maintain him to be fantasy relevant. Are we going to end up with two Falcons bets in one game? No, oh, I think he. I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver two flex play the rest of the season. Rest of season. So wide receiver two. Are we calling twelve team league here? So you're saying he's going to be a top twenty four to thirty six receiver from week eight on. I think so. That's going to be a lot of math, but I'm going to do the math. <laughs> All right, so let's split the can we split the difference there? You say sure. 24 to 36. Can we just say 30, top 30? Sure. I don't think he will be a top 30 receiver going forward. 
I think he can be. All right, there we go. We got two Falcons bets. We need to fill up this wager player list. <laughs> All right, keep try, walking. Need, to, need you to try and uh, get some wins. Uh, or else you're going to be wearing that Packers license plate frame for another year. Oh, I will. That thing will burn. If I if I have to burn <laughs> that thing in the fire and buy another one, that thing will be burned to death at the end of this season. Uh, as for the tight end on the Falcons, it's Kyle Pitts. It's his job. This is why you drafted him as a top four tight end, and this is why you trust him as a top four tight end and why he had that value. I say that Kyle Pitts will be a top five tight end at the end of the year. <laughs> now you're just getting ridiculous. Yeah, I in one dynasty league, I managed to uh, manage to get Kyle Pitts in our startup draft, and it feels so good. I was offered in a in a tempting deal, a, a multiplayer deal that involved me getting Travis Kelsey, oh. and I was I was super tempted, and ultimately made the decision that. <laughs> Kyle Pitts has the potential to be what Travis Kelsey is today for the mm-hmm. next 10 years. Travis yep. Kelsey is Travis Kelsey, but yep. he, you know, he's in his thirties. How many years does he have left in him? Kyle Pitts has yep. the chance to be what Travis Kelsey is today, starting today and continuing for the next decade. Yep. Um, moving on though, we're going to hit the saints quarterbacks, Jameis Winston. You're, you're not starting him. The only reason you would be starting him is if you were like me with your top quarterback on a bye and a league where quarterbacks are very slim. Mm-hmm. And that last week in general, quarterbacks were just slim because seven yep. of them weren't playing football. Exactly. Six of them. Six of them weren't playing football. Um, as for the running backs, it's Alvin Kamara's job. What becomes interesting is Mark mm. Ingram did get traded from the Houston Texans yes. this week to the New Orleans Saints. I think Ingram becomes interesting here because you may see him reprise his role as like a goal goal line back for the Saints um, that you saw him with that role when he was originally with the Saints and then even with um, Baltimore. Um, so Ingram here rest of the season becomes interesting because you may see him vulture more often than you more than usual than you would have seen the the whoever the the other guys were behind Kamara yeah this how do I how do I phrase this well I don't want to say this is concerning but I want to express that sentiment not that I think not that I think Kamara is is suddenly not going to be no Alvin Kamara here but last year there was a a frustrating flow to the Saints offense where Alvin Kamara was off the field a lot. And obviously yeah. last season ended up as the best running back in fantasy. It worked fine for him. Yeah. But that, a lot of that was in the passing game. But I I do wonder if Ingram was brought in to kind of be that, what what the Latavius Murray pace. was last season. Not, I wouldn't even say Alvin Kamara is the change of pace and the, and yeah. the guy that gets the first touches. And they have Latavius Murray in there to be the like, traditional running back well alvin Kamara could be alvin Kamara, good at everything and i wonder if ingram is there to come in and be that traditional running back and Kamara gets to maybe that'll help his fantasy value yeah obviously he's sitting at the number six running back in fantasy right now so it's not like his value has been hurt nope this season but 
it, this it, it's it just interesting enough to warrant your attention. Yep. As for the wide receivers, Marcus Callaway. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just I just fell asleep while you were talking about the same um, wide receivers. Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith are the top two guys. Again, with Jameis Winston, you're not really trusting him, trusting either of those guys. As for Michael Thomas, he is eligible to return at any point now. What does your outlook look like for him? Ooh, man. I... Can we right, can we agree me... that we believe that Michael Thomas is one of those perennial talents that can make just about any quarterback look good? Yes. I I think my take here is that he needs to be 100% rostered. Yep. I want to see whether it's in practice footage or or in a game. I want to see him make really clean cuts. What, yeah. one, of the, one of the things that's made him so good in his career is how quick he is in and out of his cuts on his routes. Yeah. Off the line, he just moves so well, so quickly. And that, that's why he's been one of these target exactly. monsters. Is It doesn't take him a lot of time to get open. He's, nope. he's not, never been the fastest or biggest guy on the field. Never had the best hands. Obviously, like I'm comparing him to guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams yeah. when I say not the best hands. He's still got like one of the 10 best. Yeah. But he he's never but, been the best. He's such a good route runner. And coming back from an ankle injury, if if he loses any of that, I'm concerned yeah. that he may not go back to being Michael Thomas. So I think the floor could totally fall out on him. Oh, and yeah. He could end up being absolutely useless in fantasy. But the ceiling is still so high because it's not like one of the other pass catchers on that team has really stepped up. No. So there, there is a huge hole. They need someone who can step up and be the target monster in that offense. Yeah. And that all signs point to that being Michael Thomas. My only hesitation is I need to see that he is recovered and is healthy yeah. and can go. But even if he is like, 20 percent worse than he's been the last few years that's still still probably going to make him a wide receiver three yep the ceiling is obviously you know the number the number one maybe the number two receiver behind cooper cup going forward from when he gets back there's your ceiling your floor is use is he could be absolutely useless yep but exciting exciting to watch uh, All right, let's move on to the team we don't want to talk about, but we have to. <laughs> uh, yep. For the Bucks, your quarterback is Tom Brady, and uh, what Tom Brady is showing you is that he still continues not to age. And uh, Yeah, uh, so Grant, we have a 44-year-old quarterback. That means we should be worried about starting him, right? Yeah, you shouldn't be worried about starting him. Not Tom Brady. Number one quarterback in fantasy this year. It's insane. But <laughs> we saw this kind of last year. It took them about half a season to get everything going and get the kinks worked out. And then he, I mean, he didn't even do that. He's been top five like all season. No, I yeah, no. But like they've just continued. Like that's one of the things that happens when you bring back your entire starting lineup from the previous season mm-hmm. is that you just continue to build on the chemistry that you had the the previous year. Yep. And that's what the Bucks have done and they are killing teams with it. Pretty much. 
Yeah. It's every position. Can I can we just let's do this quickly. Every position player is startable. Some yep. of them you feel a little bit more comfortable than not. So obviously you've got Brady. Let's jump to wide receivers really quickly because Evans Godwin and Antonio Brown are all startable when healthy. Yep. Gronk is startable when healthy. When healthy. Who who else? All right, so let's go to the running backs. Walk me through the running backs because this is where I think there's probably some disagreement and and maybe where you have a little bit of a question mark here. Yeah, coming into the season, well, even last season, it was it seemed like it was Ronald Jones's job, and now it's Leonard Fournette's job. They, Leonard Fournette has clearly been the guy over the last couple of weeks that has gotten more of the snaps, has gotten more of the production, and has looked good with with that um but it's it's a weird spot because you almost still have to like you still have to recognize that ronald jones could take over at any time yeah i think that's a really good way to put it it's leonard Fournette's job and he's startable on a week-to-week basis yep which I mean, he's just not been super consistent this year, but when he's been on, he's been on. And when he's been off, it hasn't been that bad. His bad weeks have still been fine. I don't know that Ronald Jones is going to take over, but, you know, he's always looming. Going forward, I'm I'm calling Leonard Fournette a high-end RB2, low-end RB1. Honestly, I think he may have... He the only reason he's he's currently sitting at number ten as a running back on the season, I think, is because he started the season so slow. Since he's gotten yeah. hot, is he he's probably an RB one going forward, which just feels so funky to say. But and again, he has to show us otherwise, you know. Yeah, he's only had one game under ten points, and that was against the Rams. Yep, which Where, is the and, Rams. The that's the one game all season where the Bucks have just they looked really bad. Yep. As a team, they did not yep. look very good against the Rams. You know who did look good against the Rams was the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Future Super Bowl MVP Kyler <laughs> Murray, my man. Uh, moving on uh, though. Let's close out the NFC. Uh, for the Panthers, it seemed like it was Sam Darnold's job for the first three weeks as he took him to three and zero. And then now the Panthers appear that they're going to be making a change, and it's going to be P.J. Walker. Supposedly, that's not true. Supposedly. But he's the starter. He will be starting this week, according to Matt Rule. He got benched in the fourth quarter, supposedly to add a spark to the offense. But where you are right is that this is super concerning. Yep. From the quarterback that started out the season as a top 10 quarterback, has not looked good the last Remember three when weeks. I turned down a bunch of trade offers for him? Yeah, I do. Wah, wah. Um, as for the running backs, obviously when Chris McCaffrey's comebacks healthy, it's his job. As for the backup, though, Chuba Hubbard, he's looked very good while McCaffrey's been out. And so what you may see rest of season is you may see the Panthers try to alleviate some of that workload that McCaffrey typically has mm-hmm. and try to split split carries between the two of them. Yeah, that could happen. That could definitely happen. And even if it does, I'm not worried about McCaffrey. Nope. 
Um, as for the wide receiver, it's DJ Moore, and that's it. Wide receiver one, DJ Moore. Super solid. We were hoping. So here's some of us were hoping for a revival to Robbie Anderson. It's not happening. Yep. So hoping for it didn't happen. So what? Here's what. Here's what really excites me about DJ Moore. The biggest knock on him coming into this season is that like. Just worried about the touchdowns, you know? Yeah. Worry, worried about him not scoring enough touchdowns. This season, he is the number eight receiver in fantasy, and he's only scored mm-hmm. touchdowns in two games. Yep. The touchdowns may not be there, but the yards are definitely there. Yeah, and the receptions are there. He's yep. getting a lot of targets. So he's he's solid. You can start yeah. him every week because he's getting the targets. Over the last three weeks, Darnold's – struggles have played into it and moved him to kind of more of a wide receiver two to three, but I'm keeping him in the starting lineup every week yep. because the upside is there. If Darnold's, if Darnold figures out what's going on, then you're feeling really good about DJ Moore yeah. going forward. No doubt. Well, I feel like the AFC is, is the um, kind of the redheaded stepchild because we're always running out of time when we make it to the AFC. So maybe next week we'll start with the well, AFC teams. Yeah. But we need to fly through the AFC because we well, are for the AFC running low South, on time. As for the AFC South, it, there's not a whole lot here. Yeah, there's absolutely. enough here, but there's not a whole lot. Yeah, let's uh, move through with, it. With the Colts, Carson Wentz is... Not startable. Yeah, pretty much. Um, as for the running backs, it's Jonathan Taylor. You're not really worried about Hines really impacting any of that playtime. Um, it sounds like they may be looking to move Hines anyways at the trade deadline, so yeah. it'll really become Taylor's job. Before we Ash go too far, you're going to let me call Carson Wentz just not startable? I thought you were going to at least I mean, argue with me a little bit there. He's he's matchup dependent. He's fine in a bind. Yeah. All right. I was just wondering there. All I right, mean, keep going. the thing you like about Wentz is that he's only thrown one interception on the season. He's got two games over 20 points. Yeah. He's got a whole two of them. Um, as for the wide receivers, it's Michael Pittman is your wide receiver one in that offense. Um, Zach Pascal has had spots here and there, but has not been consistent enough to be fantasy relevant. Paris Campbell was putting together a half decent season till the injury. Um, injured reserve. Um, and then T.Y. Hilton, until anybody knows what the injury status is with him, you're you're avoiding him. It's the Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal show if you're in a bind and need just a random wide receiver. Yeah, and Michael Pittman, a top 20 receiver this year. Good yep. for him. Um, as for the tight end, Mo Ali Cox is matchup dependent, but in the matchups where he has good matchups, he's produced. And so if you're in a bind with a bye week or you have one of those middle-of-the-road underperforming tight ends, he's a guy that I think you can trust in depending on the matchup. I mean, I think this is one area that – uh, yeah, I do think it's somewhat matchup dependent. I view him in that same very wide category that we always complain about. I know you're just a bigger tight end fan than you always pretend to be. You love your tight ends and say you hate them. I mean, if you look, if you look at his stat line, when he doesn't score a touchdown, 2.8 points, 3.8 fantasy points, 8 fantasy points. When he does score a touchdown, 19.2, 9.8, 11.5. Like, I don't see him as any different than the many tight ends out there. You yep. can you can substitute Mel, Mo Alley Cox or Hunter Henry. 
or Robert Tunyon. These guys that if they score a touchdown, they are in the upper middle of the road for tight ends. If they don't score a touchdown, they are yep. giving you less than five points. Yep. Moving on. Let's move on to the powerhouse of the AFC South, the Houston Texans. Um. Yeah. As for the Texans, everything that the Texans keep saying is that it's Tyrod Taylor's job when he returns. Davis Mills has been passable enough in a bind for you. As for Deshaun Watson, there continue to be rumors that he may get moved by the trade deadline, but until you that actually happens, it's you you're avoiding him. I and need to I need I need to push back on on Davis Mills here. <laughs> you let me call Carson Wentz not startable when Davis Mills has had one game over 20 points which is the same number of games that he's had with <laughs> negative points. <laughs> Last three weeks, 24.6, followed by 6.2, <laughs> followed by 3.4. In week two, he got 5.98. You're going to call that passable? He is not startable. <laughs> I don't care if you're um, in a 16-team league. You're not starting <laughs> Davis Mills. Um, as for the wide receiver, it's Brandon cooks again until the quarterback situation is figured out you're not running with him and he even seems disgruntled because the texans continue continue to trade everybody away and they won't trade him yeah he Um, somehow stumbled his way to a top 20 overall but it's been pretty boomer busty yep and Two out of his three good games this season came with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. So when Tyrod comes back, if he's still a Houston Texan, sure, start him. But I agree with you that you're probably not starting him until then. Um, as for David Johnson, you're not starting him. Nope. You're, you're not starting, starting anybody. Any running backs. It's like technically David David Johnson's job, but it's not like confidently his job you know (laughs) still got philip Lindsay there who like doesn't touch the ball a lot but touches it just enough (laughs) to prevent david johnson from being actually relevant right and now that mark ingram's gone maybe philip Lindsay gets some more touches like there's just you don't know what you're doing with uh with this backfield well, you do know what you're doing with this backfield. You're avoiding you're it. You're avoiding it. That's what you're doing. Yep. All right. Talk to me about the uh, future Super Bowl champion, Jacksonville Jaguars. I can't keep doing this with the AFC <laughs> you South. Can't there, do that. There's, you can't there's keep doing one that. good team, and we haven't talked about them yet, and we're not nope. about to. Walk me through the Jags. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback. I just. But I is he think... your quarterback? No. The only reason I have him is if I'm in a dynasty looking long-term. Yep. 26th overall quarterback on the season. I will uh, I will say that he has looked a lot better than uh, Davis Mills. That's true. That's true. Um, as for the wide receivers, Marvin Jones is kind of turning into the number one guy um, with LaVisca Chenault behind him. Uh, but really... Each week, it's been just a toss-up as to who actually gets the targets. 
Yeah, and they don't have a single wide receiver inside the top 35 at the nope. position. You're right. Marvin Jones has kind of stepped up as their guy, but it's been super boom and bust. Yep. And like you know, you know how I feel about that. So he's yep. coming off before the bye, 23 fantasy points. That's a great game for a wide receiver. Looking at 10 targets that game. Two yep. weeks before that, three targets, six targets, 5.4 fantasy points, 3.5 fantasy points. You're not stoked. Nope. Stay away. Ben, uh, I, as roster him, but bench him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're benching him until you see consistent numbers from him. That's what Which I would you say. Probably won't. Well, um. As for the running back, it's James Robinson's job. It's his. This is why you and I were super high on him going in, like after last season, and why <laughs> we. We're super dropped, disappointed. Dropped a lot lower when Travis Etienne got drafted and then came right back up right when back he got up. hurt. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, James Robinson, I think, is probably the only guy that you can feel confident starting on a week-to-week basis in this offense. I totally agree. We don't have time for this on today's episode, but I would like to do an entire episode in the future just on James Robinson's prospects going forward in <laughs> dynasty because it is wildly all over the place. I have no idea what to think. Like, do I think he's going to be good for a long time? Yeah, probably. Will it be with the yeah. Jaguars? I don't know what's going to yeah. happen when ETN see we're doing the episode already. We're doing the episode. So we, yeah. I'm going to, I'm we just going to move on. on from that. Talk, talk to me last team in the ASC South. Talk to me about the Titans. Um, Yeah. The Titans were that offense that I think a lot of us thought was going to be super fantasy friendly this year. Ryan Tannehill looked to see like he was having a revival in Tennessee, and then he got off to a very, very slow start. He's kind of turned it around over the last couple of weeks, and the Titans have turned it around over the last couple of weeks, actually starting to look good again, the team that you thought they would be. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Ryan Tannehill should be like, I don't think you're confident with him, but I think he's better than a lot of other choices that are you may be having to run with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's sitting at 18 overall among quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I was really high on him this year. I have him in a lot of leagues, and I'm not doing yep. super well this season in a lot of leagues, and I think that... <laughs> Him plus Chase Claypool plus Brandon Ayuk are maybe three of the biggest reasons that why you're not doing so well. Kind in of those struggling leagues. this year. <laughs> um, as for the wide receivers, AJ Brown is clearly wide receiver number one. Julio Jones has some flex appeal, but that's about it. Yeah, he's got flex appeal the way. Like, I don't know, maybe gas station sushi has <laughs> appeal. He's only got one game over 10 points this season. Yeah, you and like, week two. it always, well, I'm not a sushi guy, but for those of you that are, like, it, it, maybe it sounds good in the moment, but you regret it every time. <laughs> I feel like that's Julio Jones. Every time I hear the name Julio Jones, I'm like, yeah, like, that's, yeah, it's Julio. That's, like, he's he's on the Titans. They're a good offense this year. Yep. And then you start him, and you're never happy because he has not nope. been very good. Stay away. Yep. Um, as for the running back, it's King Henry's job. Derrick Henry 
the rock star of the NFL. The only reason you shouldn't be starting Derrick Henry is if he's on a bye. Um, yeah, I mean, he's good enough. Maybe he'll even get you some points when he's on a bye. I don't know. He's He's gotten... Is that he's, good? He's managed... I think he's a whole 300 yards ahead of, like, the next closest yardage guys this season. Um, in terms of rushing yards, he is sitting at 869 yards. Next closest is Jonathan Taylor at 579. So... 100, 290 yards yep. ahead of him. What's what's really fun, this is, again, like we always talk about positional advantage, and that's one of the biggest things that I look at in, in the players that I, I value. And Derrick Henry is averaging five, 5.1 points per game ahead of Austin Eckler, who is next yep. in terms of points per game at the running back position. The number one running back in fantasy by such a wide margin. And he only this this just goes to show how good he is. He only has 18 catches on the season. Next yeah. in line, the number two running back in fantasy is DeAndre Swift. He has 42 receptions. He has gotten 32 more targets than Derrick Henry this season and has close to 50 less fantasy points. Yeah. Derrick Henry is just so good that he defies all a running back has to catch football to be good in PPR metrics that have been true through like the history of fantasy football and PPR. Yep. All right. Well, that was the Southern divisional breakdown before we get out of here. Let's move on to our Sunday superstars as we're Grant and I will highlight a player for the upcoming week that we expect to outperform their projections. So I actually put mine in here when the Miles Sanders news was a little bit more hopeful, but I'm going to stick with it. Give me Kenneth Gainwell all day at Detroit. He he is poised to have a good game against a bad defense. Eagles running back Kenneth Gainwell. We already talked about him. I won't say anything else, but but start him in. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm putting him as. I'm calling him an RB2 this week. Okay. I think he needs to be in your starting lineup. All right, give me your Sunday superstar, Grant. Give me uh, Tyler Higby. Um, he's playing against Houston. Houston cannot seem to stop any sort of passing to the tight end. Um, and so give me Tyler Higby, uh, especially in a week where you may be missing Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I just want to, yeah, start Higby this week. I agree with, I agree with you. I agree with your analysis. That was a very smart thing to say. I just want to point out again that you selected a tight end. <laughs> I will never again on this show <laughs> stay quiet when you say that you're down on tight ends in fantasy. Hey, can we at least appreciate the fact that I chose Zach Ertz last week and he did get you a touchdown? You did great. Do you know why that was such a great pick for you? Because you're a tight end guy, so of course you had a great tight end pick. From now on, if I have a question about tight ends, I'm coming to you because you are apparently the perennial fan of tight ends in the NFL. There is no more important position in the Freeman household than tight end. <laughs> when Grant goes to sleep, he probably puts on his Noah Fant pajamas to get in bed and dreams about catching little five-yard outs. 
All right, well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for swinging by the 25-yard line. Wherever you're listening to us, give us a rate and review. Go ahead and follow us on social media. Shoot us an email. We are at the 25-yard line literally everywhere. 25-yard line at gmail.com is how you get a hold of us or shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram. So reach out, join the conversation, and uh, we hope to hear from you. But more importantly, we hope you'll stop by next week. And we hope that you will dominate your leagues this weekend. But have a wonderful, wonderful week. And good luck, everybody. Check your injury reports.